0: My goodness, we're at the Singing Weekend in Derbyshire, another Singing Weekend, the third out of the five, and finding time to write or record the dollop is proving... As expected, very difficult. This is the largest singing weekend of them all, in that we have the most people here. We don't do it in accordance to weight and mass. This is our singing weekend for obese people. It's It's just more handy for the catering if we get them all in one place. And then we get a youth hostel that doesn't have any upstairs and that kind of thing. It's just handy to get all of the obese people in the same place. It's brilliant for the disabled people because uh, they also go on the same singing weekend because it's uh, ground floor only, Um, but it means that they get more food. So um, there are perks to being disabled sometimes. Um... Anyway, I apologise if this is a bit disjointed and stuff, but uh, I am getting my clothes on while I do this, because I haven't got any time, so we're just walking up in the morning, I've got to be out in the next five minutes, so I'm just quickly talking as I put my clothes on, so I'm not even at the microphone, so hopefully you can hear things uh, relatively clearly, but uh, yes, uh, I'm sure many of you now are getting excited, at the prospect, and, and we'll be, no doubt, listening back to this now, now that you know that the first bit of the dollop there, uh, for the first 30 seconds, I was completely naked. Um, so, you know, I'm sure many of you now will want to uh, listen back to that with that knowledge, and it will certainly put a different complexion on things. Me talking about obese people while uh, being completely naked. I'm sure is a massive turn-on for a lot of people. So we've been in schools, as you know, all week. We've been listening to the dots. We've talked about that. And on uh, Wednesday, our day was going excellently well. I've just realised I haven't replaced my boxer shorts because I'm wearing the same boxer shorts twice in a row. I have to take them back off again. So I'm not taking my trousers off. So if you uh, listen to the first 30 seconds of the dollar pot on loop, and we're getting a little bit... Got a little bit carried away with yourselves. You know what I'm talking about. I know what some of you people are like. You know, you started enjoying yourself, let's just say, while the uh, the 30 seconds was playing, thinking, oh, he's talking about a obesity, he's naked. Oh, yes, this is my kind of dollop. It's a rare chance. But little did you know that there was another moment to come. Uh, perhaps an even sexier moment. This moment now, where I take off my clothes again. I actually now remove my clothes. I'm taking off my boxer shorts. and back naked again. So... Uh, if there's someone listening outside the door or was just passing, I think the first thing they're probably thinking is I'm having the most odd phone sex ever. They're just sort of hearing oh, a bit of an odd time. Half seven in the morning, you know, he talks about getting naked and then he starts talking about obesity. That's quite... and, and disabled people. I mean, that's quite a strange kink that he's got there. I don't know who's on the phone to, but they're a strange couple. Anyway, I've got my clothes back on now, so you know the points to loop up to... If you want to enjoy yourselves again during that bit. Anyway, it's quite a smutty dollop today. Because the story that I'm going to tell you is a little bit lewd as well. And it's not my fault, in fairness. it's, uh, It's the primary school children's fault. Because the day was going absolutely brilliantly. And then right at the end of the day, the teacher said, Will you sing us a song? Just the three of you. Because we've been doing all the songs with the children and stuff. And they wanted to hear how we sound, just the three of us. So the day was about equality. That was the theme of the day that the school had chosen. And we did a big assembly at the end of the school day, and we sang all the songs, and the parents were all there, and it was a wonderful mood, absolutely brilliant. Then, right at the end, they said, and before we go, we're just going to ask the young'uns to give us a song. And everyone cheered, and so we stood up, and we said, we're going to sing you a great song of equality about the radical priest of 1381, who was hung for having the temerity 800 years ago to suggest that all people were equal. So we sang Sing John Ball. This is one of the first songs we ever sang. And we sang this song for years. And we've even done this in primary and secondary schools before. And there's never been an issue. But Sean says, we've got the projector here, so you can all see the words. And you can follow along. And when you've got the chorus, you can join in. We'll put the words up on the screen. So we put the words up on the screen. And we began to sing. Sing John Ball and tell it to them all. Long live the day that is dawning. I'll crawl like a cock. I'll carol like a lark. In the light that is coming in the morning. Yeah. So it was the word cock, obviously, that was making them laugh. And this has never happened before, but I think the fact that they were seeing the words on the screen and they saw the word cock on the screen made them laugh. And it was just the year sixes, it was just the top year that were laughing. But the trouble was, they started to laugh, and then the laughter got louder. And of course, that made everybody else in the school laugh as well, and the uh, nursery children didn't know what they were laughing at, presumably, anyway. But they started to laugh, and once the nursery children start laughing, as you'd heard on the recording a few days ago, there's just no stopping. And the way they're trying to sing this song about equality, and Sean's done this really big build-up about what the song's about, and everyone's just laughing because of the word cock. So Sean turns around to get the words off the screen, and he realises why they're laughing extra hard. And the reason for that is because the cursor happens to have landed and settled on the word cock, and it's kind of flashing a flashing cock is just the word cock is just flashing so it's kind of in a bolder font and it's flashing and we're singing this song you know we're saying oh great song of equality have a listen to the words of this you know there you go you've got the words so you can follow along and all people can actually see on the screen you can see the other words in smaller print but in the center essentially you can just see the word cock on the screen so sean is now trying to get the cock off so to speak. He's trying to get rid of the cock. And so he's swiping with a mouse. And uh, at one point it sort of makes it a little bit bigger, so everyone gets hysterical about that. And meanwhile, we're trying to sing. And uh, the parents are getting a bit embarrassed. There's a few, like, sort of coughs and stuff. And uh, the teachers are trying to shush the children. Now One of the teachers comes over to Sean uh, to help him get the cock off. Eventually they just sort of shut the words down and we just continue the song. But then, the children know what's coming. They know that the cock is coming. And... And so they're waiting for it. And so then we had a problem of trying to say the word cock as innocuously as possible. But it's difficult because we know it's coming... They know it's coming, and so at one point we were going, sing John Ball and tell it to them all. Long live the day that is dawning. I'll crawl like a cock, will carol. And we were trying to sing it as innocuously and as quietly as possible, but that just sort of made it even more odd, and that started making us nearly laugh, because we were trying to sing the word cock. Obviously we had to sing it, we couldn't just miss it out, because then the children would probably fill in the gaps for us and just shout the word cock at us. So we were trying to sing it, but we ended just thought, I'll crawl like a cock, carol. But then the ridiculous nature of doing that the children still laughed obviously probably laughed even louder now because they knew we were trying to censor the word out and then it kind of made us laugh a little bit and then we had to sort of stop laughing and then a few sort of parents joined in with the laughter and (laughs) it was just a very surreal moment but it didn't seem to ruin the day it kind of you know there were people from all sorts of races in that school people with disabilities people from all sorts of cultural backgrounds and religions and they all came together in the end to laugh at the word cock united by the word cock. That was probably the most equal part of the actual thing. And so I think we did a very good job there at the end. The flashing cock was a real unifier there. Every creed, every class, every colour, every religion could be united in laughing at the cock. Another little story about school. In one of the primary schools we were in last week, we were singing a song about a dog. Don't, don't worry, it wasn't kill your dog for certain. And it got to the point in the song where Sean got his dog out. Um. By which, I mean, he had a fairy dog that he presented to the children. <laughs> this is uh, sounding more wrong than I intended it to sound. We're meant to be doing loads of school projects next year. I'm sort of, I'm really glad that I'm doing this dollop now, this year. Because next year, I'm going to be all boring, I think, on the internet. Because we're meant to be doing these really big school projects that we're meant to be getting funding for and stuff. I'm just sort of hoping that the uh, funders don't go, well, we'll just do a background check. You know, just do a quick background check there. And then they just happen to click on today's dollop, or yesterday's dollop, or even worse, maybe, kill your dog for Satan, perhaps. (laughs) or the dollop entitled My Housemate's Pierced Penis. There are all sorts of things, actually. Basically, just don't click on any of the dollops. I don't think there's many dollops that I would like them to click on. What I'm trying to say is Sean got a toy dog out of his bag for the song, and it got to the bit in the song where Sean barks like a dog, and he talks like a dog. Well, I say he talks like a dog. We've never heard a dog talk, obviously. But he talks like you would imagine a dog to talk. He sort of talk like this. Like, as you would imagine, a dog to talk. Now, I know that wasn't a very good impression of a talking dog, but, you know, Sean is the talking dog man. We all have our skills. You know, we all bring unique skills to the table. You know, I'm, I play the accordion. I tell the jokes. Michael drives the van, and Sean does talking dog impressions. You know, we all bring our skills to the table. Anyway, so Sean's got this toy dog in his hand, and he's talking like a dog, and he's barking. And as he barks, we hear a more realistic bark coming from somewhere in the hall. And we're looking around, and the children start laughing. And we're thinking, where the heck is this sound coming from? Like, is that one of the children? We're in nursery and Sean's doing a dog noise, and all of a sudden we can hear this very realistic dog bark. And we're thinking, this is quite scary. Which one of the small children is this coming from? And uh, so we completely stop in our tracks trying to work out which one of them is doing this really realistic dog bark. Properly, whoa, whoa. I've just realised I think Elsa's in bed trying to sleep. My housemate Elsa, and I'm barking really loudly like a dog. Oh, actually, she has gone to bed. Oh, here she comes. Here she comes, everyone. Oh, I, sh- oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> when Elsa hears that noise, that's a little secret sound that we have. Where it normally means that Ben's away, and it's a little secret chord that we have. And when she hears that sound, she knows what time it is when we want to have a clandestine copulation. Clandestine copulation, another of John Peel's favourite bands. Uh, John Peel, BBC Radio 1, and hour uh, in session, it's clandestine copulation. Uh, I'm just going to have to tell her. Sorry, Elsa, I'm I'm recording at the moment. I was just barking like a dog for the dollop. She's uh, limped away there, rather disappointed. So we're looking around, really puzzled, and then we see a dog come bounding towards us. And we're really freaked out. We're going, bloody hell, there's a dog loose in the school. And all the kids are laughing, and, and the teachers don't really look concerned. But we're thinking, there's a dog. There's like a rather large dog sort of bounding around the children. And we're thinking, this is, surely this is quite worrying. But the children don't seem bothered by it at all, and the teachers don't seem bothered. And it turns out the school has its own dog. And obviously it's heard us bark, and it's come bounding into the hall. That shows how realistic Sean's dog impression is. I mean, he's really good at doing dog impressions. And I'm not just talking about the bark. It's very impressive. You know, he he can lie on his back and lick himself between his legs. It's uh, rather impressive to see. Absolutely brilliant. Maybe we'll do it for one of our Christmas gigs. Maybe as a special encore for the final gig or something like that. So, yeah, they've got their own dog that just sort of roams around the school. But I wouldn't have thought they'd be allowed to have a pet dog. You know, there are children around who are three-year-old. And there's, there's a dog in school. (laughs) maybe I can just imagine people someone's just fallen asleep at the start of this dollop so they heard me say oh you were in the primary school the other day and then maybe they were a bit tired they've drifted off to sleep and they've just woken up now with a bit of a start hearing me say yeah there were three year old children and there's a dog in school And thinking, what? There's a dogging school? A dogging school for three-year-old children? I mean, a dogging school would be quite an odd thing at the best of times. You know, you'd expect it to be over the age of 18, maybe, for a dogging school. I think three-year-old is probably a little bit too early to start children learning about dogging. I mean, you know, I'd say wait until you're about eight before you start doing that kind of thing, personally. I mean, call me a prude, call me an old stick in the mud. Yes, but anyway, there's a dog in school, and it's roaming around these three-year-old children, and they're absolutely fine. I would have thought things like dog allergies and things like that, you know, but it seems to be absolutely fine. No one bats an eyelid, and the dog's really placid around the kids, but none of the children seem to be bothered by it in the slightest. This time last year, I would have had no idea that I would have said the word dollop so much. I must have said the word dollop so many times in so many different contexts. And what's weird about it as well is that the bag that I'm going to keep my laptop in, the braille display if I'm reading out the dollops for the audio version, digital recorder and that kind of thing, when I'm on tour and things like that I will put them all in a bag, and this bag now has been known to the other two as the dollop bag. But the other two just use the word dollop naturally, because they're used to the fact that I do the dollops. But to other people it must just sound really odd, you know, like Sean, if we're on tour and Sean goes, right, you get the accordion, I'll get your dollop bag. You know, people the dollop bag? Is it like what Does that mean? Is that some sort of weird colostomy bag or something like that? Is he... What the hell's a dollop bag? I mean, not everybody knows of the dollops. You know, you can tell there's, like, an empty look in their eyes. If you look in their eyes, there's, like, an emptiness there. Whereas people who do listen to the dollops have kind of got a a sense of enlightenment about them. You can see it in their eyes. And also, Sean and Michael say things like, Have you done your dollop yet? You know, we're out in public, and you'll just say, "Have you done your dollop yet?" And you know, I'm thinking people just going to think we're talking about me going to the toilets. Like I'm some child, you know. The poor blind man, you know, he needs to be looked after there by the other two. Have you done your dollops yet, David? Hey, have you had a Have you had a dollop today? You must make sure he has a has a dollop every day, you know. Otherwise, you know, we want him to go before bed. Otherwise, you know, we'll have to change the sheets again. You know, that's probably what people are thinking. I'm thinking most people are going to go, "Oh, have you done a dollop today?" Oh, he's of course he's referring to writing a blog, isn't he? You know, people who don't know what the dollops are, they're not going to think that. They're just going to assume that they're referring to me going to the the toilet, so we'll just be out. And, and I'll head off a bit earlier to finish the uh, dollop, so I might go to my room a bit earlier. And they'll just say casually, oh, he's just going to his room to do a dollop. Um, I mean... <laughs> And I've heard them say that, and I've had to turn around and then explain what a dollop is. How many situations might there have been where I've left the room so I'm not able to hear them say, David's just gone to his room to do a dollop? You know, and people are probably thinking, well, I don't think we need to know anything more about that. I mean, it's a bit odd that they're telling us that. But as I've said in previous dollops, one of the most frequent searches that brings people to my website are things like, is David from The Youngin's Blind, or just The Youngin's Blind, or something like that. That's quite a common search that brings people to our website because you've seen us on stage and thought, oh, I wonder if he's blind. and then they've gone to the website by searching for that, hoping for some clarity, and instead, they click on one of my blogs, and they hear me talking about cocks and dogging. And then they'll think, well, wait, well, we don't know about his physical disability, but I think we've kind of got some idea about his mental health. But I've not received any information on my website that people have searched for the young'un's bowel problem or has David from the young'uns got bowel problems or anything like that. Michael and Sean have said, oh, he's just going to his room to do a dollop. He does it every day. Every day he has to have a dollop. Anyway, that's not what I was intending to talk about, but I'm quite glad that I did because it means that I can do what I was intending to do today, tomorrow. Okay, so I thought we'd revisit a bit of an old feature that we did once on the dollop, and that was a way of generating ideas by using Wikipedia's random article generator feature. So basically, on Wikipedia, there is a random article button, and when you press that, it picks a random article from Wikipedia's millions of entries. So the idea is that I have to press the random article button and I have to start reading it out and I have to come up with jokes and ideas based around that. I have to provide some kind of entertainment based on whatever comes up on Wikipedia. So it could be anything. Okay, I'm pressing the button now. Okay. Oh! <laughs> Good start. I dropped my braille display on the floor. I've just, i picked it up. Oh, God. It's a bit cold, this braille display. Having cold legs, is that going to inhibit my abilities here? Right, here we go then. Okay, so the article it's linked to is Reach Back. (laughs) I trying to think. Uh, reach back sounds like, uh, oh, give me a bit of a reach back, will you, love? Go on, nice roll, lovely reach back there. Put a sort of image into my head there about what a reach back might be. I dread to think I will read on. Hopefully it's not what I'm thinking it is. It does sound a bit kind of backside related, you know, like, a, as I say, give, oh, give us a bit of a reach back there. Oh, that's it. go on. You know, I mean, we we don't like smut on the dollops. So I hope it's not going to be, a, I hope a reach back isn't going to be what I'm thinking it might be. Reachback is a psychological term coined by Eric Burney. Reachback, in Burney's lexicon, is the period of time during which an impending event begins to influence an individual's behaviour, including his level of stress. Burney, the founder of Transactional Analysis, coined the term in his book, What Do You Say After You Say Hello? He considered that reachback is most dramatically seen in people with phobias whose phobia functioning may be disturbed for days ahead at the prospect of getting into a feared situation, such as a medical examination. Oh yes, you might get a bit of a reach back there. You might actually have... A period of reach back before you actually go for your reach back, because no one really wants to have a medical reach back. Well, some people might, but uh, the majority of us wouldn't. For instance, a person expecting to take a trip on a Monday starts getting irritable and worried on Friday. He may start trying to clear his overflowing inbox. I would, I, I would say that if you're going for a reach back, if you're expecting a reach back, definitely clear your overflowing inbox. It's not going to be f- pleasant for the person giving you a reach back if your inbox is overflowing. You know I mean, <laughs> my goodness, it's just, it's just have some respect. Is all I'm saying for the person giving you a reach back, whether that be done in an intimate, sexual, loving way, you know, relationship, or whether it be a medical examination, my advice to you is before having a reach back, always clear your overflowing inbox. <laughs> Cut short his evening relaxation, start preparing and packing for the trip, worrying about what clothes to take and so on. Yeah, this reminds me of me. Before each dollop, you know, you probably think I just switch the recorder on and just start talking. But oh, I psych myself up, you know, after I get irritable beforehand. I always wonder what clothes I'm going to wear. That's one of the things I do. I have to start thinking about what outfit I'm going to wear for the dollop. I like to get, you know, I have like to get into the zone. I don't, you, you know, as I say, you just think I just switch this thing on and start talking, but I really like to get into the zone. I have a, a, an array of dollop suits, dollop outfits that I wear so that it feels right when I'm in there. You know, I have my two separate characters. There's the Dave David Eagle character, and then there's the David's Daily Digital Dollop character. And I really need to get get into that mindset. And before I start every single dollop, I always give my overflowing inbox a good clean. So I can certainly understand Bernie's idea there. Right. Okay. so we're going to click another one. I'm going to press the random article button. Who knows what'll come up? Oh, my goodness. Of all the things that could have been chosen, this is ridiculous. Hartlepool United FC. That is weird. That's I've pressed a random button. There are over 5 million results that could have come up. And the second press brings up Hartlepool United Football Club, where I come from. I come come from Hartlepool. I don't come from Hartlepool United Football Club. My goodness, maybe this proves that our thoughts actually are, you know, sending things out to the universe. I think we've proved it. We've proved it conclusively here with my experiments, because I shouldn't... I I mean, I I wasn't going to say this... Because it was a, it's a, it's a personal thing. But well, firstly, obviously, now we've just had the Hartlepool United Football Club has come up on the second press of the random article button. So that's obviously to do with me. And this morning, I didn't really want to talk about this on the dollop, obviously. But now I'm going to have to because I feel as if something is happening here. My mind is somehow controlling events. But uh, this morning, I also had a bit of a reach back. So you know, obviously, I didn't want to spill the beans, as it were. It was just something that can happen if you have a reach back and you don't clean your overflowing inbox. You can spill your beans, but. Well, but indeed. But, erm, I mean, that's just crazy two things there, ladies and gentlemen. I think that'll do. I think that'll do for today's dollop. Personally, I think we've achieved a lot there. We have conclusively proven now, beyond all reasonable doubt, our minds have the ability to control outside events. So, I mean, that's going to change the nature of everything, isn't it? I mean, this dollop is re- revelatory. I'm going to um, send this to some metaphysicists and some people high up in the science world. This dollop is now going to have to be played in lectures. You know, there's going to be a TED Talk probably on this dollop, and it's going to be a a bit embarrassing for me because I've admitted about the whole reach back thing. You know, I've talked quite extensively about having a reach back. Um, that's quite uh, embarrassing. But you know, I'm willing to forgo my personal ignominy for the good of science. So what a revelation. I think I need to get this dollop released and I think I need to notify the scientific community. So there you go. Um, Great revelations on the dollop. We've had a bit of fun, but it's sort of gone a bit serious now, hasn't it? It's gone a bit serious. It's a paradigm-shifting dollop today. Hang on, I'll just tell you what I'll do to prove it, because there'll be some people saying, no, 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 it's just lucky. You know, it's just a coincidence, that. So beyond all reasonable doubt, let's just press the random article button again and see what happens. Oh, my God. This is unbelievable. You won't believe this. Ohio State Route 674. Oh, my God. I mean, I was just—I was having a phone conversation with a friend just an hour ago just before doing this job about the Ohio State Route 674. It's been fair, and it's one of my go-to topics, and anyone who knows me, she says, stop talking about the Ohio State Route 674, David. I mean, I mean I, you just give it a rest. You know, if you have to talk about Ohio State Routes, which you'd rather you didn't, but if you had to, could we not have the uh, Ohio State Route 673 or the 675? You know, why is it always the 674? I just can't help myself. I don't, I don't know, there's just something about the Ohio State Route 674 that just, you know, it really... <laughs> <laughs> it really t- gets me, you know. You know, my idea of heaven would be for someone to give me a reach back while talking to me in a sensual manner about Ohio State Route 674. If there's anyone out there who'd like to do that, that would be... I'd absolutely love that. I'm. I'm it's very personal, this dog, isn't it? I'm letting all sorts of secrets out of the bag. But that is such a coincidence. Ohio State Route 674... It's got all the facts here. It's got all the facts. I mean, I was not probably reading the article because I know all the facts, but... Um, and it's one of the things, actually, when I started doing this dollop, because I do talk about Ohio State Route 674 quite a lot, and uh, when I first started doing this dollop, I thought, I've got to be careful not to talk about the Ohio State Route 674 too early. I was planning on doing it later on in the dollops. I was actually planning on doing a special dollop on Ohio State Route 674 when I had a bit of time because, you know, it's something that I would really like to put a bit of production value into, you know, like maybe even uh, get some crowdsourcing or something. Something like that, and uh, do a special dollop from Ohio State Route six seven four. I uh, thought maybe that would. In fact, I was thinking that would be next year's project. would just need to do maybe like a weekly thing, like a special podcast, probably like uh, two hours long each or something. Two hour long podcast every week for the next fifty two weeks on Ohio State Route six seven four. So there's no point reading the article because it'll only annoy me because they'll probably have some sort of inaccuracies in there, you know, and I'll get me annoyed because one thing I can't stand is when people try to tell you about the Ohio State Route six seven four and they just, you know, there's all sorts of apocrypha there. You know, they, they, they spout all sorts of nonsense about it. Um, and it really annoys me. That is one of the things that really annoys me. I can't hold myself back. So I think we've now proved conclusively, beyond all reasonable doubt, the efficacy of the idea that our thoughts control things. Our mind controls matter. Our mind can influence the physical world, can influence the universe. I think we've proved that beyond all reasonable doubt. I should be sending this doll up to the science community warts and all i mean i think i've got a few i think some of those warts are probably because of people not washing their hands before administering a reach back yeah i'm going to send this off to the scientific community now so uh, we've learned a lot today and we've hopefully had a little bit of a laugh as well but i think primarily today's dollop has just been educational and uh, paradigm shifting and sometimes that will happen it can't all be jokes about cocks and dogging sometimes we will have paradigm shifting scientific revelations as well we haven't got any internet. So I'm hoping that we do have access to the BT Open network. but well, I'm not sure whether that's necessarily going to allow me FTP access. And we all know what that means, don't we? If there's no FTP access. Yep. I know. Then it obviously means that we can't upload the audio. But we tried to get the internet sorted out. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the internet. The router sort of flashes different colours. Then it looks like it's going to connect. And when you click on it, it asks you to put your password in again. Which is a bit odd. Because I've been using it for a year and a half. Without any issue. And never had to put the password in. So I'm not sure what that's all about. When you put the password in, it doesn't connect. So Ben rang up BT today. I got a rather slow talking. The line was absolutely terrible. Ironically. You know, you ring up BT. And he says, I do apologise. But we seem to be on a really bad line. Oh. Well, <laughs> well, that's, you know, a great advert for your company there, isn't it? Oh, I don't know, there's something... Some, I don't know what's going on. There seems to be something wrong with a line. Terrible line. If only we knew someone who could sort that out for us, uh, says Mr BT Man. It's like when I rang Virgin up. You rang a Virgin up? I was feeling very lonely, what can I say? I rang a Virgin up. That's another story. But for now, I'll tell you about the time I rang Virgin up. When I was um, in my flat in Gateshead, I rang Virgin up because I wanted to cancel it because I was moving. And it was taking them absolutely ages just to kind of process what I was asking them to do. And he was just making so much small talk. At one point, he said, ah, David Eagle. Hmm, interesting. And are you a fan of the Eagles? So I assumed he meant the band. So I was like, well, yeah, they've got quite a lot of good songs. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert, but I I do like the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. He said, songs, songs. I said, yeah, you know, the Hotel California, you know, tiki to the limit I've been running down the road gonna loosen my load I got seven women on my mind you can't hide your lion eyes. I think it would be very difficult if you had lion eyes to hide them. I think they'd be uh, I think they would stand out quite a bit. If you're a person, she's a woman, and she's got lion eyes. I think uh people are gonna think that's a bit weird. You're wearing glasses, but essentially your eyes look like they belong to uh, the king of the jungle. I mean, it's ridiculous. So well, it's a good song though, good song. I suppose it's kind of maybe about genetic modification that one. You can't hide your lion eyes. Anyway, so I'm talking to him about the eagles. And He says, "No, no, I mean, I mean the football team." I said, "Oh, you mean Crystal Palace? Yeah, yeah." I said, "No, no, I'm from Hartlepool. I suppose if I support any team, it's Hartlepool." I said, "Are you a supporter of Crystal Palace? Assuming that's why he was asking me, because you know, I like, thought, oh, Eagle. I mean, it's a bit of an odd thing to say anyway. David Eagle. Oh, Eagle. Are you a fan of the Eagles? Oh, you mean the band? No, the football team. Oh, Crystal Palace. It's quite an odd bit of small talk that he's doing here. So I think, well, he must be a fan of Crystal Palace. This is obviously just like a shoehorn thing there. He wants to talk. You know, we're going to have a bit of small talk about Crystal Palace. He thought, like, oh." I Ask him. I don't know why he thought just because I have the name Eagle that I would be a fan of Crystal Palace. Maybe he thought that I changed my name by default because I'm such a massive fan. So I said, "Oh, you're a Crystal Palace fan, are you?" He says, "No, oh, no, I don't really like football." <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? What kind of small talk is this? You know, what's going on in his head? It's obviously panicking. The computer's going a bit slow, and he's thinking, oh, God, I need to make some small talk. What oh, have oh, I oh, got? David Eagle. And his brain's just gone, Eagle? Eagles? Oh, that's the, the name of Crystal Palace Football Club, isn't it? Are you a fan of the Eagles? But then you'd have thought, if I went, you know, he'd say, he would just say, oh, yeah, the band, yeah, they've got some good songs and everything. But for some reason, he'd obviously thought of Crystal Palace. I don't know why specificity really mattered in this instance. I mean, he's just making small talk. Why couldn't he have ran with the band idea? Why did he have to go, oh, no, I'm referring to Crystal Palace? Quite an odd bit of small talk there. Anyway, I mean, in the end, he couldn't... I mean, so then we didn't really have anything to say on the subject of Crystal Palace. I was like, no, no, not really. I support of Hartlepool. He goes, oh, Hartlepool, how are they doing this season? And I was like, well, to be honest, I don't know. I don't really support them. He's like, oh, right, okay, um, uh, well, you know, um... No, no, I'm not really much of a football fan myself, not really much of a sport fan. <laughs> Thank you for telling me this. You know, I'm not sure why why I'm finding out about this. He was obviously struggling for small talk and he was sort of like hesitating a bit. Going, um, um, so I thought maybe maybe I should help him out with a bit of small talk. You know, how I mean, if, why don't I play the word association game like he's doing? Excuse me, sir, um, oh, you obviously work for Virgin, so, um, are you a fan of Virgins, or are you a Virgin, my friend? Sorry? Are you a Virgin? I'm just, you know, doing the same kind of thing that you were doing there, we're just having a game of word association here. Are you a Virgin? Do you listen to Virgin? Virgin Radio, do you listen to Virgin on the radio? Do you like Virgers? I know we're going to go off the beaten track here. What about you know verges, grass verges? I you a fan of grass verges, my friend. Tell me about where well, you lost your virginity. I didn't say that to him, but it was clear that he was struggling for small talk. He kept hesitating and just came out with a few other random things. Oh yes, I don't like sport myself particularly. Um, yeah, I might watch the the World Cup if it's you know if it's on. I suppose you know I might take a bit of interest in that. But generally, etc. etc. He just keeps going. And eventually, I think he must have realised that this is the most ridiculous thing. And he's obviously getting more and more worried. And he says, oh, I do apologise about all the small talk. It's just that our internet is terrible at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose now he knows that I'm cancelling, he doesn't have to worry about it. Anyway, the man was very slow talking, the man on BT. I think maybe what they do is that when you ring up customer service... They deliberately talk as slow as possible, so though actually, when you get back onto the internet, even though the internet might not be massively fast, it just feels super speedy by comparison, so they don't actually have to increase the speed of your broadband, all they do is they just talk really slow to you, and suddenly your brain starts slowing down. You know, you start, like, assuming that's just kind of the norm, it kind of puts you into a bit of a trance state, and then, you I just want to ring up because my, my broadband's really slow. Okay, sir... Let's see if we can diagnose the problem. And before too long, you're kind of hypnotised almost. you kind of, your brain slows down into this slow speed. So then by the time you've had a few minutes of this, he says, now try your BT broadband internet connection and see if it has sped up. All right, okay, I will do. Yes, let me log on. My goodness, this is unbelievably fast. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. And then it takes you a few minutes to realise that it's just back to the usual way. And it just seems like the broadband's faster. I think that's their ploy. Anyway, this man was talking really slowly. And Ben was struggling to understand him because the line was really bad. And after about, I would say about 20 minutes on the phone, which I I would say the man gave us his attention for probably about a minute of that 20 minutes. The other 90 minutes was just silence. And periodically, Ben would have to say hello. And the man would just go... Hello? And then he would sort of type away. You'd hear like a bit of typing. But before that point, you didn't hear anything. And he didn't like talk us through anything. He didn't say, Oh, I'm just having a look at this now, just trying to reset things. I'm just trying to connect. He didn't sort of say anything. He just went quiet, which was a bit odd and a bit disconcerting. And then, at one point, after around 20 minutes on the phone, he then said, Okay, sir, I would like you to describe the lights on your router to me. Describe what it's doing. So Ben began to describe. So he sort of said, Oh, it's uh, flashing green. So flashing orange. Okay, it's steady orange. Still orange. Blue. It's blue. Flashing blue. Yep, still flashing blue. Flashing green. It's green. Right, it's gone orange again. Steady orange. Flashing orange. Flashing orange. Flashing orange green, it's gone green again. And he went on like this for absolutely ages. About two minutes, I would say, Ben was just talking like this. And the man wasn't giving anything back. You'd have thought he might go, you know, there was no, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, nothing. So in the end, Ben's like, is there even anybody there? I don't know. I mean, Ben was sort of talking quite, I think because the man's voice was quite slow. So he was speaking really slowly. I think Ben's voice had sort of taken on a bit of a slowness as well. And it was almost quite hypnotic to listen to Ben describing the lights all going, flashing green. Flashing green, steady orange, flashing orange, flashing orange, steady blue, flashing blue, flashing blue. You know, it was quite hypnotic to listen to, and I started to think maybe that the man had been sent into a bit of a trance by uh, Ben's (laughs) description of the lights there. It was quite hypnotic, the soporific effects of Ben's voice describing the lights. So, but after two minutes, Ben was thinking, I haven't got anything back here, I better make sure he's still there. He said, did you get that? Did you get that? There was a bit of a pause. He said, hello, hello. And then the man went, hello, sir. Yes, yes. All fine. (laughs) So I'm not sure if he'd, as I say, been sent into a bit of a trance and sort of fallen asleep by the description. Or maybe what he thought was, oh, I could do with a bit of a cigarette break, to be honest. Let me just think. What can I say? Or I need the toilets. Would you describe the lights for me, my friend? Just keep describing the lights. And tell me what's going on. I mean, the man's probably thinking that's not actually going to solve anything at all. It's a completely pointless exercise, but it'll mean that I can go to the toilet or have my cigarette break or whatever. It'll be fine. It was quite a strange thing. In the end, we didn't really get to the bottom of the situation, so I'm not sure what's going on with the internet. I mean, I think Ben should have probably pulled out the trump card, which kind of has taken on a different meaning now, unfortunately, hasn't it? And he could have said, this is important, you know, that we need the the internet connection fixing as soon as possible, and it's, you know, that we should have VIP treatment, bearing in mind that it's impeding on the uploading of David's Daily Digital Dollop, and that BT might get some bad press out of this, if they're not careful. You know, that's really what has said. Unfortunately, he didn't say that. I can't think why, because he must know that the David's Daily Digital Dollop holds a lot of weight, you know, especially now, after yesterday's revelations, you know, there was a scientific paradigm-shifting revelation on yesterday's dollop. I'm hot property now. So BT should really know that. How is David going to upload his paradigm-shifting dollops? Or his dollops about cocks? And dogging. Sometimes it's just no knowing the way the dogs are gonna go. But you know, there are people there are about three hundred people waiting for me to talk about cocks and dogging and Wi Fi enabled kettles, and I'm unable to do so, ironically. Actually we can't even use the kettle. That's another thing, not that we actually use the Wi Fi function on the kettle anymore, but it doesn't connect to the kettle anymore because the kettle is connected to the network and the network seems to be down, even the home network's down, which is quite odd. The kettle's out of action as well. I mean we can get off our arse and actually press the boil button. Um but, you know, we're really living in the uh twenty a century again here. Anyway, so that's the situation. Hopefully, it's not going to impede the dollop too much. I'm now going to go and edit this and hopefully manage to upload it and keep the dollops on track. My goodness, I'm in a bit of a rush now. i will singing weekends again. We're in a travel lodge and I've got Wi-Fi. I paid three pounds for the Wi-Fi. That's how much I care about you and this project. I knew you needed me, and I thought, you know what? I'm willing to spend that three pound. I'm willing. So you know, this challenge isn't over. I'm I'm willing to put money into it. I'm investing in this challenge. This project is being funded. <laughs> but our internet was down at home. I think that's now got sorted out. I think what happened there was a lightning strike and I think the um, I think the router was affected in some way by that, so it wasn't working. We've managed to find an old router and we thought we'd just try it just out of interest. This was not a recommendation from BT. We just thought we'd do this ourselves. Turns out that was what the problem was. You'd have thought maybe that BT would have um suggested things like this or but no, in fairness, maybe the man on the phone couple of days ago was going to suggest this but it would have taken him about another 40 minutes to have got round to that point and by the time he'd actually started and finished the sentence it would have be been another 20 minutes that's how slow he was talking so we're about to do our singing weekends we're all feeling a little bit run down at the moment but uh, that's just because we've been doing so much but uh, I think we're alright you do sort of find an inner strength with these things I mean that's what I kind of like about it I mean there's only so long you can do that for and arguably we've been doing that for the last week or so or even the last month or so but like I was saying when I was At the Hartlepool Folk Festival, you know you're feeling ill, and then it's time to do something, and you just get this adrenaline, and it's fine while you're doing the gig or whatever you're doing. You feel absolutely brilliant. It's like this weird, delirious, adrenaline-fueled state. You can feel the adrenaline just being pumped through you. But then you finish, and it pits you. Your body goes, "There you go. That's what I've been storing up for you. Thank you very much." So the problem is. You can do that if you're doing, like, a 90-minute performance or whatever. When you're doing an entire weekend where you're essentially, um, we got about 8 o'clock in the morning, start getting stuff ready for breakfast, so we're around for 8 o'clock. And then we left last week about 1 o'clock in the morning. So you're kind of on the go between 8 and 1, singing, doing workshops, doing quizzes. So what are talking, like, 17 hours there? 17 hours for which we are active, I would say, for, like, 14 of those hours, 13, 14 of those hours, like, properly doing stuff. But even when you're not, you're still around everybody and... There's no like chance for a bit of a lie down or anything like that. So I'm not sure how well adrenaline works in those instances. You know, like as I say, adrenaline can work for a ninety-minute performance. If you go, I just need my body to be working for seventeen hours, and then you can have a bit of a rest. So then you've got seven hours, so your body you just hit you with whatever it's got. So uh, I make it sound like I'm not looking forward to it. The uh, singing weekend, I am. I'm massively looking forward to it. That's what's ridiculous about it. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sort of really enjoying pushing myself to the limit. Maybe I won't sleep tonight. Maybe I'll just do a dollop. Go straight to the thing, Push myself to the limit even more. But it is quite a strange dynamic at the singing weekends. Because uh, on Saturday night, we do a quiz. At this point, we've already done our drunken children's workshop and stuff in the afternoon. A lot of people are very merry. And a lot of that is alcohol-induced. And uh, people get a bit louder as they get more merry. And I was trying to do this quiz and, like, adjudicating. And already my voice is starting to go before this point. And I'm already feeling a bit delirious. You know, the adrenaline's still pumping through me. And then you're trying to do this quiz. And everyone's just shouting and, you know, like, in a jokey way, kind of contesting what you're saying. Going, ah, I think you've miscalculated there. I think you've done that wrong. Hey, I think you've... But the trouble is, it's kind of like a family Christmas. It's like having a family Christmas, but instead of maybe five family members or seven or even ten, you've got 60 family members. 60 drunken granddads, aunties and uncles. And they're all like, shouting at you and <laughs> heckling you as you try and do stuff. And <laughs> Oh, dear. And it was rather odd as well at school. We were at school yesterday. We are in Birmingham, so we set off about six o'clock so that we'd beat the traffic we still didn't manage to do. Got into school and we had, I'd say, 12 classes for about 20 minutes each. We were put into 12 different classes, all year one and year two, because it's a big infant school. We did 20 minute spots with these kids. We had to teach them the same songs for the assembly, because we were all going to do a big assembly at the end of it, so we did the same thing 12 times. I'm not really a pig, you see, a wicked old witch put a spell on me. And so that we can sort of spice it up for us a little bit, Sean's doing different voices for the animals, so each time he'll do a completely different voice just so it's more fresh for us and sometimes it, it often do characters that we know so you'll impersonate friends of ours. Just so we're sort of spicing it up for ourselves. And I'll deliberately be doing different things on the accordion to try and spice it up for me. I mean, it must be quite odd for the, some of the teachers. Because sometimes, you know, if I wanted to play the songs, I could do it absolutely fine. I was going to say I could do it with my eyes closed. But I don't really use my eyes to play the accordion. So it wouldn't make a difference. I could do it absolutely fine. I don't have to think about it. It's a completely subconscious thing, playing these songs. But because I try and jazz them up, I'll deliberately do stuff. Like, sometimes I might turn my hand on this on its side and try and play like that. Um, or sort of reverse my hand a little bit sometimes i'll just try and play with one finger and see what I can just do with that you know like going up and down the keys, but sometimes it just sort of sounds really erratic the playing because you know you're playing it, it's a and um, sometimes I'll try different like time signatures or I'll slow down the song. Michael's trying to follow along and I'll just slow it down and speed it back up again. Then the other thing I do is I do different voices as well. So if I'm singing the chorus, sometimes I'll change accents. So I might do an Australian accent or a Cockney accent or a Scottish accent or a Geordie accent. I haven't got a Geordie accent before you say that I have. Just to kind of jazz it up a little bit. Oh, someone's arriving. Now that can't be Michael back from breakfast because if it is, I don't know what he's got. Uh, hello? Hello, David. What are you doing back from breakfast? Well, that was a very quick breakfast, Michael. It was very swift. He's only been gone ten minutes. What the bloody hell did you have? was oh, just a like, uh, healthy type thing. Anyway, that'll do for today because I need to get editing this. Put it in the sh- put it in the shower. Go in the shower. I uh, put it in the shower yeah. and bionic. So I just washed individual parts, so it's time for my lower torso today, so I'll stick that in the shower. And it's quite good actually, because it means that the upper half can continue doing stuff at the dollop, while my lower half just has a bit of a shower. Michael will happily turn the bits around for me, and the usual kind of thing. Well oh, is just um, usual today to do? Yes, yes. Oh, okay, so uh, if, you, if you've got your gloves, sometimes you've packed your gloves, He's not bothered about wearing the gloves, but I insist that he won't wash it. You know, he the gloves. I'd feel more dirty if he washed me without the gloves. Anyway, hopefully I will manage to do some dolloping over the singing weekend. It's going to be absolutely crazy. But I've no idea what the uh, internet situation is. In the hostel so far, we've been lucky. Another horridly recorded dollop on the fly at the singing weekend as I put my clothes on. It's uh, first thing in the morning and uh, I just need to quickly record a dollop because I really need to get these dollops uh, done. I'm just going to do a bit of talking while I get dressed again. So a few people maybe were there were thinking, oh, he's not really put much effort into this. is he?" sort of horridly recorded dollop. Well, thank you very much, David. To which I would say to you, you know, the reason I'm not able to put as much effort in is because I'm doing something where people have paid to spend time with me. Thank you very much, you know people have paid to be with David Eagle, I mean, you know, there's, a, there's a, there might be a few of them, a couple maybe a couple of stragglers who thought, oh I'd like to learn a few songs with the young'uns, sing some folk songs, that kind of thing, but I think the majority of people I think it is widely recognised are essentially paying just to spend a little bit of time with me in the flesh, now you're spending time with me right now in the flesh, but unfortunately you can't see that flesh, because it's an audio dollop, you know, but you essentially are getting this for free, but there might be a few people who heard me say about a hurriedly recorded dollop and thought well I'm not going to listen to this one not very exciting probably not going to be very good I'll listen to something else but then you kind of come to the realisation that I am recording this naked again as I was last week so I think that's a redeeming feature there so we got quite a few uh, vegans on this singing weekend and vegetarians and we got chatting about various alternative products for vegetarians like alternatives of meat products so for instance there is facon instead of bacon uh, vegetarians can eat facon. not sure what it's made of but it sort of does the job. The name sort of does the job. It says it sort of tastes like bacon, but it's not. It's faking. But it's not. It doesn't really sell the product particularly well, does it? Putting the word fake in front of something. And apparently there's like a few products out there now that really take this meat emulation to a whole new level. Well, apparently there's tofurkey, which is tofu turkey. (laughs) which doesn't quite work, tofurkey. Tofurkey sounds like something you might say. Maybe that's how a Yorkshireman might talk about his date. Um... Ah, oh, uh, third date tonight, third date. Hey, I reckon I'm going to Furky. You really? Oh, I do. I reckon I'm going to Furky tonight. Uh, <laughs> I haven't thought these through, these ideas through at all, by the way. But hey, I'm naked. Come on, think about that. I reckon I'm going to Furky tonight. I'm going to give it a, a good faking. Oh! And I was talking to one of the vegans who said that his favourite meal of all time is the meat feast in a vegetarian pizza restaurant in Birmingham. It's apparently it's a meat-free meat feast, but it's basically all the meat substitutes piled onto a pizza. But apparently there are some meat alternatives now that really go the whole hog. It's a meat substitute hog. Apparently you can buy fake meat now that has bones inside it, like a fake turkey with, like, giblets and bones inside it. You can have a full chicken, fake chicken that's made out of corn or whatever with the bones. And I just can't quite understand why you'd want to do that. Like, if you're avoiding eating meat, why would you want something that resembles meat? I mean, I can sort of understand it in terms of taste maybe a little bit because then you're not killing an animal and I get that in texture... But to actually then go, oh well, yeah we'll have some fake bones in there as well, you know, like some wooden bones. That just seems a little bit odd. I mean, is there anybody there who what I really miss about eating meat is uh, the giblets in the turkey? I really miss those. So having some fake giblets that I can pull out and the bones and stuff—absolutely brilliant. What we're going to end up with next for vegans and vegetarians: an even more realistic meat experience. When you get the chicken, it sort of is, is, is clucking and uh, running around, and you've got to catch the uh, the fake chicken, and you've got to slaughter it got to wring its fake neck and it sort of lets out this horrible piercing screech and blood spatters all over the place fake blood, obviously, and it can um, dispense eggs from its behind. Obviously not real eggs, they'd be fake eggs. When the chicken was getting a bit older and you wanted to kill it, you could chase the, the hen or the chicken, you could chase the chicken around the room and it would be clucking, very realistically. It wouldn't be a real clucking chicken in distress because obviously the vegans and the vegetarians wouldn't like that, so it would be sort of a fake mechanical chicken sound that sort of sounded like a distressed chicken being chased, but obviously not a real chicken, so that the vegans and the vegetarians could rest easy, that no actual chickens were really harmed when the clucking was recorded. It's sort of a mechanical replication there. So they still get the experience of it without actually killing animals, because that's seemingly what some vegans want here. They want a, an experience as close to meat as possible. Now they're chasing the chicken around the room, and they've got to kill the chicken. They've got to ring the chicken's neck. Obviously, it's a fake chicken. They'll wring the chicken's neck. Blood flying all over the place. Fake blood. Drinkable blood, maybe, even. So, you know, you can pretend to be uh, sort of a vampire, if you want, as well. A vegan vampire. Yeah, you know, that's maybe the whole headless chicken thing. The, the chicken will run around for a little bit, even though its head's decapitated, to so sort of give it that proper experience there. Now, you might be thinking, well, this all sounds very um, intensive. You know, it's going to need quite a lot of energy, you know, to be able to perform all this stuff. How are you going to actually power the chicken? Obviously, these chickens and hens will be battery-operated. <laughs> they'll be battery chickens, obviously. Or maybe they'll be clockwork, because maybe you could play a trick on your vegan friend. You're chasing the chicken around the room, and the vegan the veg- or the vegetarian, screaming. ''No, don't kill the chicken!'' And the, the blood's spattering everywhere and the, the neck of the chicken's been wrung and now it's decapitated heads lying on the floor while the chicken's running around. And the vegan the vegetarian can't believe it. They're so angry and upset. And then maybe the chicken says, ''Don't worry, it's just a wind-up.'' Because it's a clockwork chicken, you see. In fact, it's not clockwork. Um, it's a special technology that's been painted by this particular company, this vegan chicken company. Clockwork. <laughs> it's powered by clockwork, everybody. It's a vegan technology company based in Birmingham. Cookwork. Um, that's how it's powered. Don't worry, it's just a wind-up and everyone will laugh. What a, great, a great Christmas present for any vegan or vegetarian. So there you go. I said it wasn't going to be uh, quality stuff, didn't I? I said it wasn't going to be, but actually I was wrong. So you've had me being naked and you've had the quality as well. I think you'll all agree about that. And you haven't even had to pay for it. There are some people who have paid to spend time with me. And they're not getting this. They're not getting the uh, vegan meat substitute chicken slaughtering routine. But you are. Completely for free. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I shall be back with dollop 324.